0: Michael Green here. Here comes Murray, switch on D, hooks it off to Jokic in the corner. Harris, three. He got it again. Gary Harris, some big shots. Here's a flamethrower. 1.38 to go. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of The Deep Two. The first edition of the four-man Weave is what we're going to go with the name. And joining us, joining Dante and I are two friends of the pod who have been on before. Celestio Conte, Sacramento Kings fan and Lucas Petridis, or Dante's minion. As his Zoom now says, Washington Wizards fan. Because if there was one thing that Dante and I needed to add to the podcast, it was two more guys who follow teams who aren't in the playoffs. So welcome all.
1: (laughs) i didn't even realize
0: that it's depressing (laughs) except
1: your team is still good sean so it's all right
0: yeah i know i'm definitely pulling rank on that and i (laughs) I think i mentioned the warriors like probably once an episode um and I, i that's one thing i did i downloaded the california love remix that the warriors play when they're getting introduced so that'll be um sprinkled throughout the podcast and if you're listening you're probably listening to it right now so please playoffs. Let's, I just
2: want to point out that you're sitting here talking about the Warriors sitting in there in a Nuggets shirt. So yeah, really nice Nuggets
0: shirt. what's going on here? Well, as you know, as soon as the Warriors get eliminated or, you know, get a bit boring, I switch over to the Nuggets. So <laughs> second favorite team, I feel like a 10-year-old saying that. But it is heaps of fun watching the Nuggets because they're actually still playing basketball. And we just saw a good, a good game, would you say? Lucas, what are your first impressions on this game?
3: I turned on at uh, right when Jokic got nuts, which I think was thirty nine twenty three. I was on a Father's Day call before that, but even at that point, I thought the Clippers would win, just because like they've just got they're so deep. Like every time I watch them play, I forget just how deep they are, and they'll have Lou Will, Pat Bev, PG, Trez, and Jermichael Green on, and Kawhi's on the bench, yeah, just ready to come on. So yeah. I I I up until probably that because Marcus Morris hit a pretty big three to make it, I think, 101 to 94. I still gave him a chance. And then I think, yeah, Gary Harris's three after that put them away. But I I, just, I don't see anyone beating these Clippers in the series
0: for the mm. rest of the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's pretty grim considering that they just lost a game. And I, I completely agree with you as a Nuggets fan mm. that there's no way that they're probably going to win. And I love Monte Morris and Mason Plumlee as much as the next bloke. But as soon as you're throwing them against Montrez Harrell and Lou Will, it's pretty... Pretty great. Mason Plumlee, who holds the record for the most fouls uh, about 90 feet away from the defending the <laughs> basket. So that's always good to hear.
2: Mason Plumlee, also the subject of a very famous 2017 article when he was with Portland that the title was something along the lines of, it's a matter of when, not if, <laughs> Mason Plumlee gets a triple-double this season.
0: <laughs> yeah, God yeah, damn. yeah. Oops. Um, but look, Nuggets got out to quite a commanding lead and quite a, a strong lead early on. I think they were up by 20 points on the dot and then really just held on. Um, and luckily, Gary Harris turned it up at the end and was able to push them over the line because it was, look, this, this Nuggets team, they love to play down to their competition pretty much. And as soon as they got out to the lead, they sort of, they didn't coast, but they coasted, if you know what I mean. And they just looked sort of like they played not to lose. And luckily it won. Uh, luckily it worked today. but. I think you're going to need another monster performance out of Jokic again if they Mm. want to win. And Jamal Murray to be more like first half Jamal Murray, not second half. I think the two of them had 44 points in the first half. So that's exactly what you need if you want any chance at winning at least another game.
2: Jamal Murray hit that step back three when he had Kawhi defending him with like two minutes left. That was Mm, pretty ice cold. I'll take that Jamal Murray. Yeah,
3: I take that Jamal Murray over the 142 points he scored against Donovan Mitchell Over those three games
2: That's yeah. the thing though Is that I feel like He scored 142 points Over those three games And I'm like Yeah sick So like Kawhi's Going to lock him up Like, I <laughs> Yeah yeah no, no hesitation Saying that Kawhi's Just going to erase him So it's good Yeah why see. Yeah
3: three points Against Kawhi Is so much more impressive Than 142
1: points yeah. against- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is Kawhi even His primary defender though Or are
0: they doing
2: uh, Beverly I they think had, Beverly had PG Oh, oh.
0: Yeah, and PG oh, yeah. Who, who struggles sometimes runs smaller guards. But the, again, the thing with the depth of the Clippers is, is that they can just throw five different guys at it, and you're mm. quite content with them. Even Landry Shamet, like a guy who's no exactly stellar on defense, you're like, all right, well, you're not going to you're not going to get killed. He's no Donovan Mitchell, exactly.
1: Yeah, gauging from the first series with Dallas, they were they were hiding Kawhi and Paul George. Not hiding, but they were making sure that they. Expended as little energy as possible on the defensive end, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing with Denver. And they just—they're like, "All right, we're going to win the series. Why would we bother wasting our guys' time?" Mm. Um, That also being said, I didn't think Denver was going to take a game this early. I think no one—no one would disagree that Denver was going to take at least a game. Mm. But it's a big game too. That's pretty. um,
0: Well, I think Dante Dante might say something about not not picking a game to win.
2: I just wanna say this whole thing reminds me of the you know the Stephen A. Smith meme where he's like very unimpressive in the first series against the Clippers first series against Dallas, like Lucas scores it goes forty three, seventeen, and thirteen, triple double, game winning shot, and then the Clippers are just like Stephen A. Smith face and then go on and win the series in six. This is literally what this is. Like no one in the Clippers is worried after Mm. this performance. Kawhi shot four of seventeen, which isn't gonna happen again. And you know, it was it was never close. Like the never deserve to win.
0: But Jeremy, Jeremy Grant defended his ass off. He's he's playing really hard, and it reminds me a lot of, funnily enough, Paul Millsap going against LeBron a couple of years ago when he was in Atlanta. Because every time every time down, he's ready to take the task, and he's going to like give it all, give his all, even though the commentators you know they're they're more inclined to have a pat beverly fetish than a jeremy grant fetish <laughs> because I, I feel like i know you like him lucas but i feel like pat bev gets way too much love from the commentators and i've heard his like childhood story about 50 times now but
3: oh, true, you couldn't,
0: you couldn't tell me who jeremy grant's uncle is. <laughs>
3: um yeah uh, the pat bev childhood Story and the Anthony Davis was six three and then he had a seven year uh seven <laughs> inch That's why he has such good guard skills. The Scott yeah. pennebury yeah. play basketball. The and Mark uh, Jackson
0: the other day, it's like, well, if I grew seven feet in one year, might be playing next year. There there
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it classy.
3: I like um Mike Malone as a coach. Actually, I, I, First first round, I didn't really see the value of having Michael Porter Jr. out there. First game, I didn't really. But today, I was like, you know, he is quite a liability, but his roof is pretty high and you can't really get much better experience than playing against Kawhi. So I just think there's a lot of value in fucking up against, you know, Kawhi and championship teams that you can't learn from anything else, really. And uh, yeah, so up one hundred one eighty-six at one point, then... Green hit a three, um, and then Jokic got a timeout. Uh, got a turnover down one end, and the Nuggets had three timeouts. They were up one hundred and one eighty nine. I thought they should have called a timeout then, but Mike Malone held on to it and then called it after they won that jump ball. And I think that that's probably the only reason that he's an NBA coach and I'm not is that he could hold on to that timeout and trust these guys. The only reason. let
2: like <laughs> talk talk to us about your thoughts on Mike Malone. I don't
1: know. Look, Mark Jackson whoa, is whoa, an whoa, a good done, NBA so. head coach. <laughs> Mark Jackson was was never a good NBA head coach. I've got inside sources uh, telling me that uh, Mike Malone ran all the plays in the uh, twenty what was it fourteen fifteen Golden State Warriors was that Jackson's last year before Kerr? Yeah, fourteen
0: before
1: the fifteen. Title, so is
0: how <clears throat> I like to refer to
1: it <laughs> for the title. Yeah, for the Phil Jackson protege, Popovich protege, whatever. Uh, yeah, rumors rumors are that Malone was basically the uh, the basketball head and. Mark Jackson was just the figurehead. So, always liked Mike Malone. Was also a good Kings. Coach, um, and I'm just
0: gonna leave that one there. Well, <laughs> he was doomed before it even began, you know, because Pete D'Alessandro came in just mm-hmm. what well, was it weeks after Mike Malone had been hired as the coach. And by by all accounts, the two of them butted heads. And it's just very kings to hire a coach just before you hire a GM and say, by the way, I know you want to build this team, but one of the biggest decisions isn't yours. So can you sort of mold around our thing? And also, you don't get a choice. So
2: and, on on the NPA, coach to ever. Coax the best out of DeMarcus Cousins
1: Yep The only coach that DeMarcus Cousins genuinely liked as well So there's that <laughs> um, But on MPJ fucking up Or stuffing up uh, getting Being a liability and getting crucified By Clippers players um, It's pretty safe to say that Even though Denver's the 3C This isn't exactly their window
0: Yeah, um, um, Murray's
1: locked up for 5 years is locked up for what, like 3 or 4
0: Looks like he's locked off for twenty, and then he just came out and saw the sun for the first time. Yeah, this is the sun.
1: Yeah, and Porter's got two more on his rookie deal because they'll pick up. They'll pick up those options. So, like, you may as well just lose the series. Not, not lose. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's the tanking initiative. Yeah, throw the guy, throw the guy out there. This is a playoff tank. Throw the 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 worst
1: Semis tank. (laughs)
0: <laughs> also they're not even fully healthy the starting small forward is will barton who you know not many people are saying will barton's name anymore because he hasn't played in over six months but you know this isn't their window and they're not fully healthy so any game that the Nuggets can win is just it's essentially house money it's like every single one of okc's um playoff games this year true
2: house money but you have to at some point you have to do it at some like there will come a time when it's like, all right, this is the window, and there's no reason why you can't just start the window now. Like, if you make the Western Conference Finals, and it's not like, oh, well, like they've got two years left of MPJ and all their young guys are good. It's like they're here now, and they were the three seed for a reason. Harris being back is huge because he can theoretically give them a matchup on Lou Will, and he can do something at least on PG. Kawhi, maybe not. Like That's more of a task for someone with Grant's build. But Harris is a really good defender. And it turns out he's remembered how to shoot. So that is such a huge, huge uh, piece back
0: for them. Mm-hmm. and just before we move on to the next game of the day i'd just like to say two things that i've got down in my notes first one is doc rivers uh at the start of the game there was a bit of a you know one of those dummy sort of interviews with doc and then talking about a Zubac. zubach and the answers that he gave was like oh zubach we don't even run any plays for him he just goes out there you know he just hustles and it sounded a lot like zubach like Oh, that's the duty plays 10 minutes at the start of each half. <laughs> um, yeah, God, I, I haven't run a play for him in years. <laughs> What's going on? That poor bloke. Um, that's one thing. And then the next thing is, do you guys watch uh, watch them on TV? Watch your games on TV or do you watch uh, on League Pass? League Pass.
3: I watch on Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, do you get to see the 24 seconds um, with the players? Yeah. Yeah. They, they pull these guys out. It's when the ad break usually would be. They just, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Something that was recorded on media day and it just sticks around and it's 24 yeah. seconds. And it's like, it's always the same thing. So it's 24 seconds and it's like, okay, Landry Shama was one. They're like, who's your funniest teammate? And then they're like, oh, it's got to be Pat Bev. And they spend 10 seconds showing like a Phantom Care montage of... <laughs> Dammit hitting a three, completely unrelated to Pat Bev. And then it's like, Oh, that's it. Time's up. Thanks for <laughs> <No. being laughs> yeah. me. And
1: it's always the player that says
0: it. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. my time's up. <laughs> I've never seen an excited player.
2: All these dudes, they the first question they get is like when you're not playing basketball, what are you doing? And NBA players have like Eight hours of spare time every day, and all they say is, "Man, when I'm not playing basketball, I'm probably just at home listening to music." And it's like, (laughs) are you actually just sitting on your couch, just like listening to an album, being like, "Yeah, this is good. This is good shit."
1: Just to show what the media training looks like, it's like say as little as possible, please. Mm, Yeah, Yeah. give up nothing.
3: Generalities, generalities. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I was there. Especially in a playoff game, if I was a coach being interviewed between the third and fourth quarter and it's like a two-point game, it's like, I'm not going to hear a single word the person (laughs) interviewing me says. So why not just be like, what the fuck do you think I could possibly say right now? Why do you think I have any energy for this interview right now?
0: Yeah, well, Pop did that a little bit back in his heyday. He was pretty much just like, oh, yeah, we want to win the game and score more points. yeah he takes the piss but guys actually say that like you see yeah. frank vogel yesterday was like oh we need to stop them on one end and then we need to the <laughs> yeah. other." yeah pretty much it's awful
2: <laughs> that's the kind of insight that got vogel the top job though
1: <laughs> jason kid gives away too much vogel's just
0: well who has given away too much who do you even remember something of someone saying like oh well that's actually pretty insightful
3: No, You put the crickets
0: in here, Sean. Put the crickets in. I'll throw them right in there. Um, Dante, do you want to take us to the next topic?
2: Okay. So the first game this morning was game four between the Raptors and the Celtics. And I came on the last podcast and took a victory lap for the Celtics being up 2-0 uh, because I I said that the Celtics were a championship dark horse. And in the blink of an eye, it's 2-2. The Celtics was zero point five seconds away from being up three nothing and now it's two two and Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry were like risen from the grave today. Mm. And all of a sudden I don't feel
0: so good about the Celtics. You're gonna walk backwards in your victory lap. Um and two <laughs> gritty wins on the road as well. Like the rotation <laughs> 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 keeps on giving.
1: Nurse and Stevens have to be the two best coaches in basketball in three years, right?
0: Well, Mike Budenholzer was tied for the player, the coach's choice for coach of the year. So what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah I mean,
2: nurse win, coach of the year.
0: Yeah, he won the yeah,
2: award. Did. So what are we talking about three years?
1: Well, Stevens. I don't know. Are you going to put like Stevens above Spolstra, nah, Budenholzer? No like, I don't know. I feel like... Who? <laughs> okay. Steve. <laughs> Steve, two Kerr,
0: former huh? players called Steve They coached, do not they? I think you're aware of at least One of them Steve Blake. Luke, Luke
1: Walton won a lot of games with that team too So I think it's relaxed on the Steve Kerr comment
0: Yeah, you're right, so did Mike Brown <laughs> but No one's claiming Mike Brown's the next year, Anyone want to take the torch?
3: (laughs) (laughs) When you guys are talking about coach of the year, I got some shit to say about Raptors Celtics. Then
0: then jump jump in. Jump in.
3: All right. So I actually uh, respectfully disagree with you, Dante. I think that um, the two Raptors wins, a lot has had to go right for the Raptors to win their two games. OG Nubi has to hit a game winner. And then the... Raptors without Pascal Siakam go 15 of 31 from three versus the Boston, because you never count Pascal Siakam in the three-point totals, uh, versus the Celtics who went seven of 35. And they won by seven. Um, and this offense for the Raptors, which is just like, every couple of plays it's just like swing it around the top until you get Siakam on Jalen Brown on the wing, and then he can drive and maybe back him down halfway through his drive. Um I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think that, um, you know, it, it was successful today. So it's probably bad timing for me to say that. But I don't, think, I don't think you can win a series playing the way they have. I really like the, um, I really love when an NBA team is just like, all right, prove to me that you can beat me with Marcus Sol and Sergi Barker. Instead of being like, we know that these guys can smash us. Prove that the other guys can beat us.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think the thing on the point with the three-point shooting is that the Raptors are like an elite three-point shooting team all throughout the regular season and the first round of the playoffs. And then the reason why they were down like 2.80 in this series is they couldn't hit threes. They like, they went as, they were as dry from three as the Celtics were today. And I think mm. if that comes back, like in game five, say that it comes back to the mean and both teams shoot their average or after the shot, like, I'm, I'm never going to take a stat, but something crazy from the three as a team. And... Van Vliet, like, there's like four playoff games ago, Van Vliet hit nine threes, and like we all know yeah. what Lowry can do when he starts shooting. Obviously, you know you are very astute to point out that he takes Siakam out because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, like the less said about Siakam, the <laughs> better. Mm, I just two feel for like, <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like I was not impressed with the way that the Celtics played on offense at all, and just in general, the last two games been a lot of Marcus Smart. And I know he had a good game the other day, but that shit just makes me so nervous. Every time I see Marcus Smart just graze like the bottom of the rim on an open three, Mm. I'm like, why are these dudes passing to you? To be fair, he has had a couple of Marcus Curry games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's like,
3: like he hit five threes in the last quarter. He shot five threes and got a return of 16 points in game one or two yeah which is just ridiculous Oh, maybe i was game two, but anyway it's just ridiculous but yeah you said that you haven't been impressed by the celtics over the past few games and they've lost by a total of eight points
2: yeah that's true but two two is two two and this is the, that won the <laughs> championship last year so it's like it's, yeah it's true it's, it's like now it's like it's like basically zero zero best out of three and like can i see they're being a great Raptors team performance where like, they've got like eight or nine players that score 10 points. And then like another performance where Van Vliet hits seven threes and Lowry hits five threes and Siakam goes to 25. And like, if that happens, that's probably game. Like if those, if you satisfy those criteria, that's Bucker
0: game. Was, Serge Ibaka was four or four from three for 18 points. So stuff like that, where you just get you found money off the bench mm-hmm. and the Celtics don't really look like they've got any found money um today it was announced that gordon hayward's back in the bubble and he's gonna i think it's four days he's got a quarantine for 14, four? I 14. Yikes.
3: i'm not sure um uh, i did i searched that as well but
0: yeah <laughs> well either way if he comes back or he doesn't come well, actually it, it kind of does matter because as soon as you, you pass in, you're you're passing you're looking down to semi orgele instead of gordon hayward and you know you can love mm. semi orgele as much as you like but he's no gordon hayward so yeah there's it's is it going to come down to who, which bench can hit more threes or who's going to get hotter and who's going to have the, the Terrence Davis game, for example? Known uh, known anti, oh, anti-vaxxer. No, <laughs> anti-vaxxer and anti-masker, yeah. Oh, four, yeah. sorry.
3: Four-day quarantine for uh, Gordon Hayward.
0: So he's going to miss two games. So he'll be back for game seven after not playing. <laughs> okay, that's, that's probably not much to rely on. <laughs>
1: Putin yeah, Hayward also not... pr- proven that he doesn't come back super strong first game back or just ever.
2: That is takes so him like, rude. Takes <laughs> him six months to through... a man who's been through that much. You can't take stabs at him like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm
1: saying, If you're the Celtics, like the last thing I need is to put play
2: this guy 40 minutes and get zero. points. No, but you play him 15 minutes. And then, like Sean said, it means you don't have to play semi-Ogele 15 minutes. I mean, yeah. semi-Ogele yeah. is a decent defender. but I was looking up his stats before. This season, he's averaged 2.3 points and 1.4 rebounds. If that's like your, you know, like your second wing off the bench, that's still pretty grim. One dude who re- no one's mentioned, who's I think the best player in the series is Jason Tatum. Mm. Uh, he played not that well today. So... The other thing is, like I said before, if the Raptors get like seven threes or like 12 threes from their backcourt and then can goes to 25, that's probably game. The one thing that could counter that is like Jason Tatum just like takes over and goes to 35 and dishes out seven assists and they have to blitz him every time. And we know that if that happens, the ball is going to end up in Kemba or Jalen Brown's hands and they can just attack the rim uh, with a numbers advantage. So... If Tatum really steps it up, then I'd start to feel a lot better. But, um, yeah, he hasn't, hasn't so far.
0: Well, it's so much fun that we've actually got a series now because we're going to talk a little bit about the Bucks soon. But the Bucks look like that series is over, and by historical precedent, it is over. Um, you know, we we've just watched Denver win, but we're still ruling them out. So there's pretty much two series that are pretty juicy left. Dante, do you want to take us into the next topic, which is going to be the Philadelphia seventy sixes head coach next season? <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you had me. You had me.
1: <laughs> you've been lining that one up all day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty happy with how it went. Mike Budenholzer, Philadelphia semi-season coach for the 2020 season. The box are down 3-0. I don't know if you've, if you've seen this, but the best team in the league with their two-time MVP defensive player of the year, down 3-0. And I want to just bring this up because all year, and pretty much for the last two seasons, the conversation around the Bucks and the Bucks coaching has been so system-oriented. They're going to play their drop, pick-and-roll coverage. They're going to give up threes, but you're not going to score on them at the rim. Their, I think Giannis was, Giannis was number one, and I think the Lopez twins are in the top five at field goal percentage at the rim the whole year. So it'll, like the best team in the league defensively, best team in the league at preventing shots at the rim. And all of a sudden, everyone's just shooting the threes that they're giving them. And the Bucks are down 3-0 to the heat. And Jonathan Charks wrote an assassination thinly veiled as an article on the ringer <laughs> where he basically just went in on Coach Bud for not playing his stars enough. And there was a quote in there that I could not fucking believe. No, the one you're talking about. That. He says, uh, like, Giannis playing 44 minutes is not something that we're really interested in. If we can't win... This is from last year um, in the playoffs when they were playing the Raptors. If we can't win with Giannis at 40 or 40 and a half, the Raptors deserve to win. And I was literally (laughs) just like, are you smoking meth to say that?
0: That's a quote coming from Eric Neem of The Athletic. Uh, Credit where credit's due. It is mental. Uh, And going back to someone like Mike Malone who really, really shortens his rotation when it comes to playoff time. uh, Aless, is that a second water bottle? He's been paring through the water. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I'm stuck in my room for the next at least day and a half. So I've just got oh, like, oh, a yeah. hundred water bottles here and I can't really leave.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't leave <laughs> you know, safely. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> I can't leave safely. So I've actually got a TV set up on my desk now. So as soon as we're done with this part, I'm just going to turn the Nintendo on and uh, I'll talk to you for a couple of days.
2: Alas, are you wearing a Woolworths t-shirt? I
1: certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> learn and learn. Oh, my God. Nothing says two-day quarantine. <laughs> um, on the on the Budenholzer thing though I was thinking about it in the car before If you asked a 10 year old child how to win a basketball game and you gave them the options of play everyone equal amount of time while the other team is playing their best players all the time or if you just played your best players against their best players and it's proven that your best players are better how would you win? And I think most kids... Who have played any semblance of sport Is Put the best players on all the time Because then you'll win So How how many years in a row Stemming from Atlanta Where it's like No, no, this is a, Like, you know It's a whole team thing And then you look at Houston And they play seven men Even in the regular season mm. and, they're, and they're winning, right? Like, Houston I know, I know Houston's like a different sort of Bag of lollies Sean But um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's you just gotta put the best guy out there. And now Giannis is questionable for game four with the ankle with his right ankle, I think.
2: Bring mm-hmm. the brooms out. So yeah. Grim stuff. Yeah.
1: I don't
3: know. I, I get the I get the coaching philosophy from Bud, but like they haven't proved that they can play on philosophy throughout the playoffs like the Warriors could. Also the Warriors had Steph KD play and Ray yeah. so it's like, you know, Yeah, you haven't proven that you can do that yet. So just put him out there, man. I'm sure Giannis wants to play the entire game.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, Steve Kerr and Golden State have done that in playoffs past. And it was to their detriment in 2016 because we all remember Festus Azili trying to keep up with LeBron. But (laughs) it's a lot easier to say, hey, uh, kumbaya, let's just... Everyone touches the ball, like literally 1 through 12 touches the ball. Quinn Cook, you want to play in the playoffs? By all means. Uh, It's much easier to do that when you've got Steph, Clay, and KD, and Draymond, whereas Giannis, obviously great. But then, you know, I love Chris Middleton as much as the next bloke. But there is a big drop-off from Steph, Clay, and KD to, what, um, Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Dante DiVincenzo, which we we don't need to see any more DiVincenzo in the playoffs. But, yeah, we'll see what he does.
2: Surely the reason for playing Giannis... 30 minutes a game in the regular season is so that in the playoffs, you can play him 45 minutes a game and he's fresh. This is a dude who's like, he's 25. He's potentially like in the top three best athletes in the entire world. For all we know, yeah. like for all we know, the entire galaxy of the universe until, you know, intelligent life is found elsewhere. He's probably at least the galaxy top three.
0: Or even stupid and life. some stupid people are really athletic.
2: It's yeah. true. Like, I literally just can't understand. And and like you're saying with these other teams that want to play on, on philosophy, whatever, if you've got depth, go for it. But it, he's playing Kyle Corver and Pat Connaughton in minutes when you bring Giannis in at the at the four and, like, drop one or both of those guys. Your season's on the line. You shouldn't be bringing Kyle Corver in. I don't care if you can shoot. Like, Wesley Matthews is starting at the twos. He's in a deep team. This is... Wesley Matthews is... 43 years old, like it's not 2011 Wesley Matthews, it's now Wesley Matthews. Kyle Corbett, Pat Connaughton's like good in the regular season when he comes in with like a handy eight points. You know he five can minutes. jump
0: really high?
2: Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now you're completely right, but what's the fix here, boys? What do you do? Because it's really hard to turn around. Let's say they do lose to the heat tomorrow, which you know looks very likely. Do you turn around and fire, the best coach in the league a guy who's won 60 games essentially back to back um you're shaking your heads here but would you rather try and hit the home run play and let's say they sign steve nash and steve nash turns out to be one of those next really smart coaches and that's like that's better than bud hopefully or what if you flame out and get the next uh Ettore messina that is a big that is a big Atori <laughs> <Ettore> messina call <laughs>
2: Steve Nash, Steve Nash is gone and like that came, obviously he's at Brooklyn now, that came out of like completely out of the blue. Who? This is the question we've been asking you and I on the pod for weeks whenever we talk about coaching vacancies. Who's, who's there? Like you, you're okay. going to give this coach to Kenny Atkinson? Like is Kenny Atkinson a better coach than the dude who's gone back to back
0: 60 win seasons? No, I'm obviously not, but I'm saying... Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you're... But I, we didn't even know that Steve Nash was on the market, essentially. Yeah, until- but what if Steve Nash comes in and goes 17 and 65? And that's... But what if he comes in and goes 82 and 0, like Jay-Z said?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jay-Z Steve Nash, the collab we've all been waiting for.
0: <laughs> What's the fit? Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't know. Personally, that's that's the only thing I can say, which which is the worst thing is a sports fan because you need it's to a have a time. hard stance on either side. And I do have a couple of hot takes, but this one, I don't know because I, in terms of like, let's say firing Mark Jackson and hiring Steve Kerr. I was like, wow, that team was there. Like, I don't know what that coach did differently from the coach before. Like, I don't know what you look for, but I think it does need to be a coaching switch because... Uh, and I don't know, I don't like Middleton down, down the stretch as the only guy that can score. And I don't like that Giannis can't shoot. So maybe it is still a personnel issue. But in terms of the next coach, I don't know if you go for a guy that's better at late game play calling or has a better philosophy throughout the season. Because they do have, they do have quite an, uh, an outlier in terms of who they have in, uh, on the court. Like Giannis and Brooke Lopez take up you know, wingspan, take up the entire arc. And no, not many teams are doing that right now. So I
0: don't know. Or literally if they do at least try and interview other coaches, I reckon every single guy or girl that comes in for that interview says, look, whatever I'm about to say, I'm going to play Giannis 48 minutes. (laughs) that We have to win. So is it just on Bud to be better? And if it is, why hasn't he done that for the last two, three years, even going back to Atlanta?
2: Because he's old and because he came from the Spurs. (laughs) Yeah. And... The spurs his entire coaching career has just been doing it this way and getting results and he's not one of these dudes who comes in and he's like 42 when he gets his first job he he's old i think he's like in his 60s so he got his got his uh his start like reasonably late and you can't teach an old dog new tricks if you are going to keep him next season he's, he's 55 after, yeah all right 55, he's not old as old 55. As I <laughs> um If if you are going to keep him, you have to bring in an assistant coach who has the ability to like talk to him and just say, "Bud, what the fuck are you doing? Put Giannis in the game, and like he has to listen. Like has to be able to listen to that." Mm.
1: Big big issue though is the Bucks are very 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 small market, very small market, and they have an incredibly profitable, marketable. Person, and if that player is willing to fall in line with whatever his coach said, even though the coach seems to be wrong all the time, it, at least obviously he's an incredible coach. But then you get to the playoffs and everything falls apart, mm. right? If Giannis likes Budenholzer and you want Giannis to, to sign the 500, the five year 200, whatever million, because then that nets your small market, however many billion. You're not going to fire Budenholzer.
0: Yeah, but then you're not going to win a championship because if they were willing to spend money and if it was more than just actually make money, then they would still have Malcolm Brogdon on the team and then we wouldn't be talking about Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Korver and Wes Math.
1: Yeah, but they oh, don't yeah. want to spend the money. So you've got to take...
0: Ownership is, is the competitive card- advantage.
1: I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. do you... Um-
3: yeah, it depends on what you value because if you want to win a championship, obviously Giannis isn't the guy to listen to. I think that they kept Middleton over Brogdon because of Giannis. Whereas, they could have had both. They
2: could have had both and they should have had both.
0: It's just because they, yeah. they didn't want to dip into the tax. It's, it's frustrating.
2: It's so annoying. Like, <laughs> just, just spend
3: it, man. No,
0: what are you saving money
3: no- for? You own the NBA team. There's nowhere to go from there.
1: Spend <laughs> the money to win the ring. There's no way that in the money they make, they their company, their businesses are worth upwards of five hundred million dollars. If if you dip ten million into the luxury tax, you have to pay twenty million tax, right? You're telling me that you do not make an extra ten million dollars
0: of championship in,
1: in any given year. Don't disregard it. They can lose. They can flame out in the second round. They just make ten million dollars. That's it. Like TV deals, ticket sales, anything. They make ten mil.
0: Like they can cover that. So I don't understand. Yeah, anyway. So, moral of
2: of Wes Edens, who is a co owner of the Bucks, is $4.6 billion.
0: So, eat the rich. Is that the moral of the story for the first four man wave?
2: (laughs) The moral of the story (laughs) for the first four man wave is if you have the opportunity to keep Malcolm
0: Brogdon, fucking keep him. (laughs) And it, to be fair, they did get a um, they did get a first round pick in return, which they didn't use. So lucky, you know. We're we're interested to see what they do with that first round pick from Indiana.
1: Is that this year?
0: I believe so. Um, all right. Well, just before we wrap up, guys, we have got two games on tomorrow: Bucks Heat and Lakers Houston. What are your predictions for those games? Who's going to win?
3: I think the Lakers. Is- I like. I think the Lakers will win this series, but I think the Rockets are a better team. I know that sounds crazy, but like, <laughs> I just think that that LeBron AD slash NBA combination will get them through <laughs> the Western Finals. But the Rockets, man, they just they just they match up so well with these Lakers with these mm-hmm. Lakers. They're three and zero with them since Roko started center or PJ Tucker started center. Yeah, I think the Lakers win tomorrow and they win the series, but I reckon the Rockets are a better team. And yeah. I reckon the Heat get it done.
1: Yeah, Heat win win tomorrow because of Spolstra. And the Lakers win tomorrow because game one of the Portland series was their scout game, the Lakers. (laughs) And I very much hope and pray that game one of this series was a scouting game too. And uh, they just sort of come in now and just do what they have to do. But
2: we'll see.
0: I think it's brooms
2: for the Bucs. And I will never not go with LeBron. So I'm going to go with the Lakers against the Rockets.
0: Yeah. Again, Jimmy Butler might play with no pants and undies on and just smack the <laughs> sticker on the court and just prove he's the bigger man in that series. But I uh, look, my heart wants to say Houston, but my head's going to say the Lakers for the same reason as the Less. They, they've just conceded a game, but to be fair, Lou Dort doesn't play for the Lakers. So James Harden could have another great game. True.
3: I do get the feeling though that the, um the Lakers, it is an easy fix, you know, swinging it around the top for 16 seconds and then getting LeBron and Rocco with eight seconds on the wing is an easy fix. Just run the play earlier and run a different play.
0: And if anyone gets in foul, foul trouble on Houston, which wasn't a problem in the first game, if anyone's even close to foul trouble, that's that's game for them because all of a sudden yeah. it's Ben McLemore and, yeah, a West He, hasn't, <laughs> <it> didn't, <laughs> he didn't
1: play against Oklahoma much, McLemore.
0: Well, he's not very good at basketball, really? Without- dribble, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was playing an awful lot before then.
0: They give all his minutes to House. Yeah. Actually, did you see he got concussed? Uh, I don't know if he's in the protocol, but did he get hit in the face by PJ Tucker?
2: I didn't see it. Daniel House got hit in the face.
0: Yeah, so Ooh. PJ was just flailing, going for a thing, but his hand was in a bit of a fist, punched Daniel House in the face, and he was a bit you know, shaken up. And then two possessions later, he just went on his knees and was like, holy shit. Mm,
3: yeah. Yeah, he couldn't run back back on knee.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty scary actually. Like it it looks like one of those freak, it was a freak injury, but yeah, it looked a little bit scarier than hopefully it is slash was. Mm. All right, well, that is uh all for the 70 second episode of the Deep Two and the first of the four man weave, Dante. Do you wanna send us home? See ya. Good Lord, what is happening in there? <laughs> <laughs> that's great right yeah all
3: right (laughs) yeah